drive to create things. You're a writer, a photographer, a musician, a maker. You're ready to make things happen. But chasing creative isn't always easy. Your time and energy go to your work, your family, and your life. Is it really possible to make space for the creative in your everyday? Here at the Chasing Creative Podcast, we believe you can. We're talking to everyday creatives who have insights and action steps you can take today to make your creative plans happen. I'm Ashley Brooks, a freelance writer and editor at Brooks Editorial and work-at-home mom of two who would love to devote more time to creative writing and journaling. And I'm Abigail Krebs, the writer and photographer behind Inkwells and Images. I'm living my creative life nights and weekends after I get home from my job at an ad agency. And you're listening to the Chasing Creative Podcast. Elise Blaha Kripe lives with her husband and two young daughters in San Diego, California. She's been sharing thoughts and DIY projects online since 2005, running an online shop of handmade goods since 2008, and in 2015, she launched the Get to Work book, a daily planner and goal-setting journal. In August of 2016, Elise published a book of pep talks. She hosts a weekly podcast called Elise Gets Crafty that focuses on creative small business, and she is just the kind of person that we've been wanting to talk to on Chasing Creative since the beginning. So thank you so much for joining us here on the podcast today, Elise. Thank you. It's such a pleasure to be here. So we kind of went over a little bit of your history in your intro there, but tell us a little bit about yourself and maybe kind of how you got to where you are now. Like, how did you ever think to start running an online business? Awesome question. So in college, I was a business major, um, but I never thought that I would do my own business. I just thought, you know, I'll go work in a tall building and do the real job and climb a corporate ladder. And um, I when I went to, you know, my senior year, I'm interviewing for jobs and I, I just didn't get anything. No one wanted to hire me. I could get a lot of interviews, but I couldn't get a job. Um, and so that was a bummer. Obviously, I was extremely disappointed, <laughs> um, but I'd always liked paper crafting and, you know, DIY stuff. We didn't really call it DIY then in, you know, 2007. <laughs> People weren't really saying that quite as much, but um, I'd always liked that sort of thing. And so um, at the time I was dating my husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, and he lived in Maryland. And so I moved out there and got a job working at a paper store called Paper Source. And it was just a, you know, fairly standard retail job. And it gave me a lot of experience, obviously, with paper and crafting and that sort of thing, and but also gave me a lot of free time. And so I had a lot of time outside of work to try my own thing and experiment with different projects. And at the time, I had a blog um, that was a personal blog, craft blog, and I would share the projects there. And from there, um, the only real site that existed at the time was Etsy, and everyone who was trying to sell online was selling on Etsy. And so I started to sell handmade goods through Etsy. And then, you know, decade later, <laughs> I don't really move very fast, uh, but a decade later that it just kind of evolved slowly, slowly. I took different steps and tried different things until ultimately getting to a point with Get to Workbook where um, where it feels like this could be a real sustainable, longer term business for me. So it took a long time, um, <laughs> but but that's kind of, that's the short story. <laughs> It sounds like it's been a great journey, though, like one of those ones where you're always learning and sort of 
taking little leaps of faith to see what's going to come next. And yeah, um, yeah, the beginning of your story actually reminds me of what happened to me because I graduated from college and I knew that I wanted to freelance eventually, but I was like, well, I should get a job as a real editor in a publishing house first to, you know, network, gain more experience. And I had all these interviews and I could not get a job. So I kind oh, of just started yeah. freelancing as like, well, I'll just supplement with freelancing until I find a job. And then freelancing became the job and I was like well this was the goal anyway so I guess we'll go with it but it is really right yeah it, yeah and it's tough you know it's even even in that case where it's it's the right thing it's still it's very difficult to have people be like you you know we don't want to work with you over and over <laughs> so it's kind of demoralizing but it's, it's nice when it works out in a good way that's great that it that it did for you too yeah, so you've got all that stuff going on with your get to workbook and you know your business that's really panning out at this point, but you also have two little girls at home as well as a husband who's training to be a doctor, which means that there's all those crazy hours and doctors work insane shifts. So, how are you still fitting that creative work into your everyday life right now? It's it's tough. You know, I um I I never want to pretend that it's not tough because it is very tough. And so I have some days where things do click and I feel great. And I have other days where I look at all the thing, everything going on and I feel like this is just not sustainable. You know, like I don't know how we're going to do this mm -hmm. again. Um, but it's sort of, it's, it's recognizing that it's like, I, t I say often, like I don't, I try not to panic during the bad days and I try not to assume that the good days are going to be consistent because they're not. Um, so Let's see, my older daughter, she goes to preschool slash daycare um, Monday, Wednesday, Friday for full days and then half days on Tuesday, Thursday. So that's huge, like knowing that I can count on some time. My younger daughter, Piper, she's 15 months and she's right now home with me all the time, but she'll start um, part-time daycare when she's 18 months. And so there's kind of like a light at the end of the tunnel and that I see where I'll have a little bit more free time. Mm -hmm. um, I, I'm grateful that I've been able to spend as much time with them as I have. But, you know, there's a lot going on. And so it's important um, that they go there and, and do that as well. So um, that that's hard, that's part of it. Like I, I could not do this if I was also trying to full-time be a parent. And my husband's schedule is really tough. And I think we're just getting to the end of his residency, which is helpful because I can, again, like see the light at the end of the tunnel and I know we're going to get there. Um, but yeah, it's rough. I, I think something I think about often is like, you know, you're not trying to add on tons of things at once. Like you have to kind of get your footing with where you're at and be honest about what your time really is. And I often think about like, if I say yes to something, I'm saying no to my family and I'm saying no to my free time. And that kind of helps give me some perspective on, you know, what things to try and what things to not. But I didn't even answer your question. You asked about creativity. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and so I guess what I'm trying to say is with creativity, I I have times where I realize I'm not going to get much done for myself this week. Um, and then I have other times where I'm deliberate about trying to schedule in something creative to do. And, and so... Yeah, I, I that was a terrible answer. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that was that was great. That's I think that's how a lot of people feel about it. And I know I've got two little kids at home, and they are home with me full time right now. And I'm always like, why don't I have time to do anything? Oh yeah, that's right. There's mm -hmm. these little people who just suck away mm -hmm. my entire day, and I love them. But <laughs> gosh, they mm -hmm. are time consuming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When Ellery was 15 months old, 
I, I had her home with me all the time and I, I just, I hit a wall, you know, and the difference for me once she started going just two days a week and what helped was just knowing that I would have those, you know, that, that seven hour block. That was huge. Mm-hmm. Cause I think the thing with little kids is you never get a long block of time. Like you may get a nap time, you may get whatever, but you can't count on like hours. Mm-hmm. And sometimes there's projects that need hours. Like the, you need to sit down and, and really kind of hammer something out and that takes a long time. And so being able to kind of guarantee that those chunks of time in my week made a really big difference. How old are your little ones? Um, the oldest is two and a half and the younger one is just six months now. So I have kind of childcare. My mom watches them on Fridays because she doesn't work. So that's my uh, longer stretch of time, like you said, but the whole rest of the week, I'm like, yep, there is pretty much nothing, especially now that there's two of them and they don't necessarily nap at the same time. There might not be anything. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I know. And I remember, I remember thinking one kid was so hard and then I had two and I was like, what was I thinking? Why do I think one kid was I know. The work grows exponentially. <laughs> yeah. 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 Things to look forward to, Abby. I know. I'm, I'm <laughs> expecting my first in April. So I'm, I'm just kind of getting into that transition that you guys are talking about and trying to go in with very realistic, eyes open kind of way. Like, oh, you know, I'm not going to be working full time anymore, but I'm going to have a different full time job. It's not just 40 hours that yeah. are given back to me. It's they're just reappropriated. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. So you've been running a creative business through a lot of different stages of life. When you were single, when you were married with no kids, married with one kid, a husband who was deployed, and then also now married with two kids, husbands who's home but has crazy schedule. So how have you kind of find yourself um, making progress on your dreams and your goals when life just keeps adjusting on you? I know transitions are a hard thing for any creative, and it's really, really hard to kind of keep, I guess, chipping away at those big blocks that you see in front of you. So how have you kind of managed that? Yeah, awesome question. I think um, it's interesting because, you know, As we've added different things, so, you know, get married and then have a baby and have a second baby, um, in some ways, what I'm, you know, my time, like my time for myself has gotten smaller and smaller and smaller. But at the same time, I've gained more experience, you know, so I've gotten better at my job over, you know, year to year to year. So it's an interesting process where it's, it's as if my time has shrunk, but I've gotten better at utilizing that time. Mm -hmm. So what... I, I, I think to myself, you know, what I'm doing now with the business, even with the constraints on what I have, is not something I could have done 10 years ago. Like, I could not have managed what's going on now um, at 21 because I didn't have the experience. I didn't know what I was doing. Um, so I think that just with any career, um, personal, uh, something you run yourself, something you go to a work to do, you're going to evolve and you're, and you're going to get better at your job um, simply through experience. So that has helped a lot. And, and I would say to people listening, you know, jumping into anything, no matter what, what, what your constraints are, is, is difficult. You know, you kind of have to take it one step at a time. Get, you know, like you said at the beginning, um, take the little leaps of faith over and over again. Can't, taking that one big leap is horrifying. Um, so I think that the little ones have been important. And then I think what's just really helped is if you look at if you look back at what I've done I've I've kind of just streamlined like I used to be balancing a ton of plates at once and and using that to generate income and and to 
kind of keep things rolling. And now I really am doing one major thing, you know, and, and then like one small thing. So I've been able to focus a lot. And that's just been when there's more pulls on my time, it's become vital that I focus. And I couldn't have focused this hard um, 10 years ago because I didn't have to. But now that I have to, um, it's been really good. And, and it helps me, again, like it helps me set goals that are within the focus. And then it helps me work towards those goals within the focus. So that's been good. And then just trying to be flexible, trying to realize that that as things change, like you said, that's life adjusting on me. Um, and so I have to respect that and, and let that happen. Yeah, I love that perspective, like that you're getting better at your job and that you're getting better also at parenting and at being a mom and like managing your kids because that's something that I think we sort of forget about. We're like, oh, now we've got these children and like they're just here all the time. But you become a better mom as you like get to know your kids better and you realize what they need from you and what their personality is. Um, I just think that's a really fantastic perspective to go into with both work and motherhood. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, my dad said when Ellery was really little and I was just losing my mind, I said to him, you know, when will this get easier? And he said, it's never going to get easier, but you will get better at it. And I, I think so exactly what you said, you know, it's giving yourself the credit that that you do, you know, it gets more manageable. And I think if, if I could have told myself one thing that first year of parenthood when I was so underwater, it was just that this is not how it will be forever. Like you you will be able to handle this. Because in the beginning, I couldn't fathom doing anything ever again other than caring for this human. And that's not how it is, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, you you get to do other things. It's hard. Of course, you're always caring for the human, but um, that doesn't consume you in quite the same way 100% of the time, the way it does in the beginning. And I just struggled a lot to separate that and realize that things would eventually calm down. Um, and so I wish I wish I had known that. I wish I could have grasped that in the same way that I retroactively could. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think what they tell first-time parents anytime is, you know, it's going to be hard. You're going to get through it. But you're just, you're just, you have no concept of what you're walking into. You just, there's no way no. you can be prepared. There's no way you can be ready. So just take it as it comes. And that's what I'm trying to remember as I'm staring down like the next eight weeks of life without a child is it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You're going to survive it. Life will go on. So that's uh, mm-hmm. good to remember. A hundred percent. Yeah. And I think yeah. every, yeah. every single mom or every single parent that I've ever talked to has always said, I thought I was efficient before I had children. And now I realized how wrong I was. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, it's unreal. Like the difference, I think, of what you're able to get done in an hour changes so much <laughs> in a good way. Like you get crazy good at dealing with that hour. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a skill that I hope doesn't go away. Like when my kids get older, I'm like, oh, I hope I'm able to hold on to this productivity because yes. I don't want them to be like teenagers and then I forget how to be efficient. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think you will. <laughs> so Elise, you also host a podcast um, called Elise Gets Crafty. So where did you get the idea to start a podcast and kind of how have you allowed it to fit or to change to fit your current stage in life as you've gone through all those transitions? Yeah, I started the podcast um, in April 2014. And what's so funny is at the time, I don't even feel like I was listening to very many podcasts. Like, it was a little bit different. You know, a couple years ago, Mm -hmm. there weren't as many podcasts. You know, podcasts have exploded, which is great. But back then, there weren't as many. Um, And 
I have always so I, I had blogged, you know, for at that point like nine years, and so I'd always wrote. Um, but when I did video blogging or when I talked, it, to me it felt so much easier to explain what I was trying to say. And so I was like, well, this could be, just be a way to talk it out instead of write it out. You know, that could be fun. And so I launched it then without too many preconceived notions. You can go back and listen to the first episode, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm walking through, like, what I think it will be, at, like, in real time talking about it. And um, so – then I thought, okay, and I'll interview people. I'll bring people on to talk about various things. And I did that for, you know, two years. I guess it'll be the third year in April. Um, it's it's come and gone in waves for me. Like, I, I get really excited and really passionate about doing the show. And then I kind of trickle off and I get a little like, ah, oh, it's getting boring. And then I get up again and I get down again. And and so it's like anything else, like any other creative habit habit or hobby, it comes and goes. The problem, I think, when you're trying to do something, something entertaining as a creative hobby is when you're down, it's difficult to fake it. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's like right now I'm currently on a break because I don't have as much childcare help with Piper, my younger daughter, and trying to schedule the calls without – a, a good schedule with her is almost impossible. So I, I'm probably going to come back when she is, is in daycare again. But for now, I'm kind of on a break. Um, and I guess, like, the only thing I learned from – what I learned from blogging, I ended up quitting my blog consistently right before she was born, was um, you don't keep going until you hate it. Like, if, if you feel like you need a break from something, take a break. Don't um, just, like, keep slogging away because eventually you can't come back. And so – with the podcast, I'm trying to just, like, give myself a bit of a break to come back instead of getting super over it. That wasn't even the question. <laughs> but <laughs> but but I think I'm kind of learning that that I have to kind of adjust for what what's making sense and what's not. Yeah, that is something we do, too, here. We're on our third season of the podcast. Technically, we've taken two breaks, but the podcast has really only been around for a year, a little bit over a year. And that's because like, I was like, well, I'm having a baby. I can't do this. And Abby was like, I'm building a house. I can't do this. And now Abby's having a baby. And like, we just, we really like our breaks. We've realized like the podcast is a lot of work as I'm sure you know, Elise. And it's really nice to be able to look forward to like, okay, we're going to do all this work and then we get our time off. And like, Mm -hmm. while we have our time off, we're still releasing the episodes weekly and people are enjoying it. And like, that's okay. Like the people who really care about the podcast will still be there when we eventually come back from our break. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's just mm-hmm. a nice perspective to have. I think when there's this online world where everybody feels like you have to keep going and you always have to be on and you always have to be doing more because otherwise everyone will forget about you. And that's just not true. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. There's no, there's no cycle, right? Like the internet is just so constant existing and people are pushing content, 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 um, which is, great if you're receiving the content, but kind of um, overwhelming if you're trying to produce it. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yeah, hugely important. And, and I think breaks are important for any creative venture. Mm-hmm. You know, it, I think you, you got to do it. And I know we promised ourselves at the beginning of this, too, that we would make it fit with our lives. We wouldn't try to rearrange our lives around a podcast. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so important for so many creative projects. A lot of times we start something and we commit to it and then can't imagine not doing it anymore for any reason and it burns us out instead of you know keeping us going and um, you know kind of filling our creative cup 
So it's nice to just be able to be like, you know, six episodes sounds good for this season. How about you, Ashley? And she'll say like, yep, that's good enough. And then we'll move on and, you know, take a a few weeks or a couple of months off. And then we can kind of come back with, I guess, more steam and more excitement about the project. Because it does. It gets kind of boring and you get boring when you're trying to do it. And with something like podcasting that's so personality based, you don't want anyone to be like, uh, that was a lame episode when it's just because we're tired and haven't slept. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 I think that's so true. Oh my gosh, for sure. Yeah. So in addition to the podcast and all the other stuff you've got going on, you have created the Get to Workbook now, that planner that you created from scratch because you couldn't find a planner that acted the way you wanted it to. So um, what sort of prompted you to think like not just I'll make a calendar for myself but I'll make a calendar for everybody and how has starting that get to work book helped or enhanced your creativity or maybe on the opposite end of the spectrum hindered it sometimes yeah so get to work book let's see the summer of 2014 is that even right? 15, 14, 15, 14, 14. <laughs> I spoke um, at an event and I talked about saying your goals out loud. And I talked about like some of the various goals that I had set for myself and then worked towards. And it was great. It was, it was a fun experience to think through goal setting in general and, and you know, making progress on goals. And so after that event, I thought about writing a book, like a regular, you know, chapter but not a chapter but like a regular book mm-hmm. about goal setting and I came up with like an outline in the chapter titles and all of that and then I realized that what I wanted to do more than write a book about goal setting was create a tool that helped people set goals and so that's sort of where the idea came from and then it was like oh it could be a daily planner and then I could have this this and this and so I started to kind of work through all these ideas for it um and that's what evolved into the original you know get to work book planner that launched with a July to June version because I came up with it in like August of 2014. It was too late to start for 2015. So I thought I'd make like an (laughs) academic one. Um, So it started with that. And then it's, I think, get to workbook. I use it as like my normal tool to do my job and to stay on track with all the different projects that I have. So in that way, like it helps me, you know, stay on track. It helps me think through things. Um, It's enhanced my creativity in that from the original book has come a lot of different products. And so I've been able to experiment with like expanding a line and, you know, creating a catalog and and all of the different things that I've never had. I've never done for a business before. Um, I've never had a business idea that felt like it could have all of these different kind of prongs, which is exciting. It's been really fun. Um, I think the hindrance, like how it's hindered me is I'm very in it. Like I, I'm very much in the the wonkiness of the business, you know. So I do all the shipping out of a warehouse in San Diego. And so I'm doing a lot of the task work for the business. Mm-hmm. And that leaves me less time to do like grand, amazing idea thinking. Um which is good and bad, you know, like it's, it's bad because in theory, I suppose I, I should be outsourcing this, the easy projects. Um, but it's good because, um, I'm content with, with the growth of the brand right now. And, and I'm happy with where we're at and I'm not trying to make a business that's like, 
you know, millions and millions of dollars in the Forbes list. I, I'm just trying to do it within where I'm at. So, so I think it's been kind of good and bad to be that, to be this like involved <laughs> and like in it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I guess I would say that because of Get to Workbook, I haven't been doing other side projects. Um, but that's not super true. Like, I, I still feel like I'm getting to do a lot of like personal projects that are important to me, even though I have been doing less um, like mm-hmm. product. If that may, like, I, I've been doing less like business. I've been doing less other business things, but I've been getting to do a lot of personal things. So that's been really great. Yeah, and sometimes those personal products projects are the ones that would get put on the back burner anyway so it's sort of nice to be able to go back to those like I saw your blog post about the one second a day videos that you were doing which is so cool I'm like like I don't think my phone is good enough to do it I would need to buy a different phone because mine is literally five years old um but I'm like oh that's such a good idea like such a fun way to capture your kids on video for like a second a day as an alternative to a photo album or like an addition to a photo album so I can definitely see how having time for that personal stuff is like, it's nice that the get to workbook sort of allows space for that. You know, it's not yes. like all business all the time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I've been taking pottery classes since um, July and, you know, so weekly I go and I, I just, I make stuff for mm-hmm. me and that has been so fun. And it's, after, you know, 10 years of like trying, kind of trying to do projects and then figure out a way to market and sell them, this idea that no, I don't ever want to sell this stuff is so freeing and fun. Um, and so in that way, I'm, I'm very grateful that Get to Workbook is enough of a job, you know, that it does enough that I, I don't have to do the side projects, um, like mm-hmm. the side hustle, I guess, you know, so, so that's, that's a good thing. That's been really good. But it took me, you know, <laughs> 10 years to find it. So. <laughs> it is nice, though, when your hobbies yeah. become your side hustle and you're not worried about making them into something bigger than what they are. That's something we see yeah. over and over again and talk to people about and like, yeah, I used to do this as my side hustle and now it's my full time job. So I had to find a new side hustle, something else to just yes. engage me without trying to market it or turn it into some big product line or anything like that. Yeah, that's kind of the struggle with creative entrepreneurs. Like everybody sees what everyone else is doing on the internet and thinks like, oh, if there's this thing that I'm good at and I enjoy, I should be marketing it and making money from it. It's almost like we've forgotten what it's like to just have a personal hobby that we enjoy. <laughs> I know. I know. It's it's so tough. And I've been so guilty of that over the years of, of like seeing it and thinking that thinking in that direction. Um, and, and I'm sure I'll be guilty of it again. You know, I'm just, I'm in this like very brief time where I'm, I'm like, I get it that I have to have a hobby too. <laughs> Enjoy it while you're here. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. So I know you share a lot of your pottery and things on Instagram. You're a big fan of Instagram and your feeds are a delight to follow. I, I love seeing your photos pop up on my Instagram feed. So how do you stay motivated um, when everything, when life is crazy and when you've got like screaming toddlers and, you know, business tasks to do and you still need to make supper? Like, how do you stay motivated to post and engage with people while you can keep it fun and social? Because social media is supposed to be social above all. Yeah, Um, I have two I have, I have four um, Instagram feeds. I have, like, my normal one, so that's Elise Joy. And that's where I share, like, our, you know, daily life, our curated daily life. Um, so different things, like, behind the business and um, whatever. You know, sometimes it's the yard or a project or something, the girls. 
Um, and then, so that, that I would consider my main feed. And then I have a separate feed for Get to Workbook. And I very, very deliberately separated the two because I wanted a business feed where if you were following Get to Workbook, you were there because you liked planner ideas. Um, and if you were on my feed, you were there because you were interested in what I was sharing personally. Um, I didn't want to feel like I was overwhelming either person with what they weren't interested in. So you can follow both, you can follow none, you can follow one. Great. Um, and then that made me more comfortable sharing other people's photos. Like I think it's weird if on my own feed I was like sharing a picture of someone else's workbook. So that really helped. I, I wanted to separate them very much. I have two other feeds for my girls that's just for family and close friends because, again, like I, I have like funny but like terribly lit videos that I want to share with family that I don't want to post to my personal feed and share with the internet. So um, that's been a good way to feel like I get to like be a mom and share all these like corny photos. Um privately. So so that helps because I otherwise I think my feed would be like overrun with the girls, which is weird. Like I don't need to share the girls so much <laughs> with everyone. So um, that's kind of helped. Like it helps me to have the different areas. And then with Get to Workbook, I try to post daily, maybe a couple times a day. And the reason for that is I notice a difference. Like if I'm consistently posting on Get Instagram, I'm consistently making sales. And on days where I'm not posting on Instagram, I'm not making sales. And so that's been um, a very fun slash overwhelming experiment to see the difference between posting and not posting. On my personal feed, I feel no pressure to post daily. I just you know share when I want to. And so I think that helps. I don't have any sort of editorial calendar. I don't have any sort of like, oh, I know people are super active at 10 a.m. I don't care about any of that. <laughs> I don't do I don't do any checking of like who's following me or unfollowing me or I ah man like I it's so you can do so much research into that and to me it would just be horrifying like what if I find out people hate pictures of my crafts well then like that's a bummer you know so I don't want to know that so I I think like I try to not get too worried about what people want and then that sort of helps I mean it's impossible to like completely you know you can't be like I don't care about all that because it's difficult when it's right in your face to not notice it, but I don't do any other research to kind of figure out what's connecting and not because it just bummed me out. Um, yeah, and so as far as like engaging, I just I try to respond to comments when I can, um, but I also think that if you have a real question to email, because I, I can, <laughs> I'll definitely respond to email, but I may not see the Instagram comment. So I do my best, um, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome because I'm the worst at Instagram. So I love hearing from people who are good at it and who enjoy it. Um, and I love that the perspective, like having four feeds would totally overwhelm me because I can't even post like once a week on my one feed. Um, but I like that you've got that private space to share your kids with family and close friends because I'm like, that's something I'm struggling with right now is because my husband is not super comfortable with sharing pictures of our kids on public social media, especially since I um, have an online business. And so if people really wanted to, like, track us down, it, they probably could, like, yeah, to be honest. Yeah. Like, it's totally yeah. creepy. But, like, if they wanted to, they could. So we try to keep our kids off of social media. And they are so much of my life that I'm like, what am I even supposed to Instagram? <laughs> like, yeah. they're here. They're adorable. But I can't post them like what do I do <laughs> yeah yeah and so I guess like on that what I did do a few years ago was I came up with rules for my personal feed and every picture that I posted 
it had to be one of four things. Um, ideally, it would be more than one, but it had to. Um, so there, I don't. I'm not. I don't like have them straight in my head anymore. But it was like it had to be colorful, um, or interesting, or it had to teach something. Like there had to be like a purpose. Um, and the fourth was it had to be upbeat. So I, I wanted it to be at least one of those things, ideally more mm-hmm. than one. And that doesn't mean that every single thing that I'm doing is, you know, interesting and colorful and upbeat and informative, um, of course. But that kind of having, like, rules for what I was trying to share helped me um, – I don't know. I, I feel like it helped me stay focused. Like it, it gave me kind of a purpose with the feed. And now that I'm not blogging, Instagram is my only, I have a newsletter, but Instagram is like my only outreach tool to connect with people. And if I don't connect with people, I don't get eyeballs at the brand. If I don't get eyeballs at the brand, I don't make any money. And so um, for me, like Instagram has to be something that I'm engaged in because it's my it's my <laughs> income you know yeah. um, and so mm-hmm. I don't make money from Instagram but I rely heavily on um, engagement there in order to do that so I, I think it's it's kind of my job um, in some ways so so for me it has to be yeah yeah I, I, I have I can't give up <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I think there's something to be said for people knowing which platform has their return on investment and like mm-hmm. which platform they enjoy using, obviously. But like you said, you notice like if you post their sales, if you don't post their art sales and mm-hmm. um, Instagram for me does not make that much of a difference. But if I were to stop posting on Twitter or Pinterest, I would definitely see yeah. um, a drop off in business. And so it's there's something to be said for just knowing like you don't necessarily need to dig super far into the analytics. But if you know mm-hmm. which platform is important to your business, like maybe pay a little bit of attention to that one. (laughs) Yeah, that's so true. And then just realizing that, you know, you don't have to do every single one. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's, that's the big point. Like, you know, if you're listening and thinking, but I don't even have a Pinterest account. That's okay. Like (laughs) I do, I do nothing, um, for my, my Facebook. I have, um, a virtual assistant who posts to get to workbook. She basically like pulls from Instagram for it and then, you know, occasionally does different linking, but I don't check it. You know, she kind of monitors, monitors it for me, but, um, I getting a super big Facebook thing is not important to me. And so, you know, I've decided to not do that part. I don't think that you have to do everything, but it is exactly what you said, you know, realizing which ones do connect for you and for your audience. Mm-hmm. And it's so different person to person who that audience is and what that platform is. I know I have a friend who has a book coming out later this year and Facebook is her biggest platform. And that to me is just mm-hmm. bizarre because that's not the case for so many other people. Um, so yeah, like you and Ashley said, just figure out what works for you and keep doing it and make sure you can have a way to keep it fun. Otherwise it's not going to be, and you're going to want to quit. So it's a lot of creativity. Mm-hmm. Keep it yeah. fun or you're going to want to quit. <laughs> yes, exactly. And and I, I've heard the point that, you know, maybe like someone to me, I could say like maybe you, someone would say to me, maybe you don't like Facebook, but other people do have to be there. You have to meet them there. And I do respect that. But exactly as I said, if, if you don't like it, um, it doesn't <laughs> do anything. Like, like you know, mm-hmm. I, I, all I, I would just burn out and not mm-hmm. want to do anything. And so... For me, picking my platform, knowing I'm probably missing different audiences, um, I have to. Because if I don't stay healthy and sane, the business does not stay healthy and sane, and everyone loses. (laughs) That's Mm -hmm. a very good point. And so often, too, like we create these online jobs or these freelance jobs 
to get out of a job that we don't like or that we hate going into the office every day. Mm-hmm. And so like, why would you create a job and then make it so that you hate it as well? It just seems counterintuitive, yeah. but we do it all the time and we should stop. <laughs> yes, agreed. Yeah. So speaking of like using things that keep us sane and happy, um, mm-hmm. social media definitely does not keep us as happy as books. So at the end <laughs> of every episode, we have a little mini book club where we chat about um, some of our favorite books and some of your favorite books. So we would love to hear about anything you've been reading lately, any of your all-time favorites, any books that you would like to talk about. Awesome. My all-time favorite book, um, and it has been for a few years, I should probably reassess, but The Time Traveler's Wife was one of my absolute favorites. I think I read it in college, and it stuck with me. I've reread it a few times. Um, most, more recently, All the Light We Cannot See, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed. And then last year, my favorite book was Dark Matter, which is like a bizarre sci-fi alternate universe book. But it was quick and thriller and great. <laughs> I loved it. I have um, not heard of that one. Yeah, yeah, I, I belong to Book of the Month Club, and I picked it, and it was such a lucky one. Like, I don't think I would have picked it up randomly, and no one had recommended it yet, you know, um, but loved it. I, I loved it, it, and, like, I finished it and passed it on to my husband, and he doesn't have time to read much, so he doesn't read much, but I was like, you have to read this, you know, and, and he read it and enjoyed <laughs> it. Like, but then I, mo- like, I've seen, so a lot of people have loved it, and then I've seen some people who don't like it, so, like, any book, <laughs> um, you know, you kind of, you try it, and you see I'm currently reading the versions of us um, and I'm struggling a little bit. Like it's just taking me longer than usual. I I have this rule where I never finish a book I don't like. So I like it too much to quit, but it hasn't super connected. I need a, I need a different book that will connect right now. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's something to be said for reading the right book at the right time. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. What are you guys reading right now? Um, I am, I read like a lot of books at the same time. I read four or five books at the same time and then I don't finish any of them quickly. Um, so one of the ones I'm reading right now that has been kind of easy for me to dive in and out of quickly is Daily Rituals, How Artists Work by Mason Curry. Um, and I feel like a lot of people might recognize this book if they saw the cover. It's like a pinkish book with like a bunch of clocks on it and stuff. (laughs) And it's just a bunch of, um, it's a bunch of different, um, artists and writers and creatives throughout the years and what their various creative routines have been. Um, and each section for each author or artist is only a couple of pages long. So it's been really nice for me to just dip in too quickly. Like, oh, I'm waiting for pasta water to boil. The kids aren't screaming at me. I'll read like one artist. Um, so I've really appreciated it for that. But it's also had some just some interesting insights into other people's creative routines without necessarily putting that pressure on you that like, this is what you have to do if you want to be a successful creative. So I've just really enjoyed it for some of the ideas and the insights, um, just sort of as an interesting, entertaining read, but not necessarily as something prescriptive for your own creative life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good idea. Good rec. That sounds great. I might have to uh, pick that up. (laughs) How about you, Abby? I am still in between books. I haven't picked up anything since the last time Ashley and I talked about books because life has just been really full trying to get ready for a baby. We've had like classes every evening this week or we've been recording podcasts every evening this week. So I am just kind of in that middle of the road book slump and I need to find something to pick up this weekend. Mm -hmm. That would be a good goal. Yeah, I've been there. Yes. 
it's tough when you're pregnant and you're like, you sort of feel like you should be doing all these things before the baby comes. But also all you mm-hmm. can think about is how you're like not ready for this baby to come. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's really <laughs> tough. You're in like this weird time warp. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so, yeah, yeah you're, you're in it. It, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Time warp is a good description. It's, I just feel like everything is a countdown mm-hmm. at this point where we've only got eight weeks to go in theory. Um, and so everything is like, okay, you know, this weekend we have to do this and this weekend we have to do this and this weekend we have to do this and, oh, we should probably start putting food in the freezer mm-hmm. and all of that kind of thing. So everything's just like a lot of checklists. Life is not really peaceful or romantic at the moment. And I should probably work on adding a little of that back in before life gets mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. So. yeah. I remember when I was pregnant thinking like, I just want this to be over, you know, without realizing that, um, <laughs> when the baby comes, like it starts, like, <laughs> like no, it, it, it's, it's, it's very bizarre. Like it, it is this, but you can't, yeah. I mean, you just, all you can do is just do what you're doing and you get there. You exactly. Get there, so. Trying to be yeah. really chill about it. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you too so much for joining us on the podcast today. We've loved having you, Elise, talking about creativity and how you make it fit kind of into your daily crazy schedule, um, something we all struggle with. So thank you so much for your time this morning. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Thank you. And before we let you go, do you want to remind everybody of where they can find you, um, Instagram or um, how they can grab the Get to Work book? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, elisejoy.com is my website. So from there, you'll find all of my social sites and my blog, which again, I don't up- update anymore, but there's 10 years of archives if you're bored. Um, <laughs> and then, um, so in, at, on Instagram, I'm at elisejoy and get to workbook can be found get to workbook.com. So yeah, thank you for that. And uh, thanks for having me. It's been fun. Yeah. Thank you. We'll talk to you later. listening to the Chasing Creative podcast. If you like what you heard in this episode, be sure to stop by chasingcreative.com to check out the show notes, catch up on past episodes, and subscribe to the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love it if you leave us a review on iTunes. You can also join in the creative conversation by tweeting to us at Abigail E. Krebs or at Brooks Editorial or by using the hashtag Chasing Creative on Twitter and Instagram. If there's a guest you'd love to hear from on the podcast, or if you have any feedback for us, drop us a line at chasingcreativepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Until next week, go chase your creative.